We are talking about growing up spiritually. Anybody excited about growing up? <laughs> well, let me just say this. There's some things prayer can't fix. Only you growing up will fix them. Thank you very much for those amens and all your dancing and shouting. And There's no substitute for growing up spiritually. You'll find out that there are some things... You have to just you just have to grow out of them. Everybody like praying for you ain't going to help. I mean, don't get me wrong. We believe in prayer, but there are some things you can't substitute for other things, and you can't substitute prayer for growing up. No. Just like in the verse we just read, you can't. There are some things only seeking God first will bring to you. And really, a lot of people are praying for things that God would just add to them if they put him first. Solomon didn't pray for money, but he got more of it than anybody. And sometimes you have to analyze these other areas, you know, these, these grow-up areas, these areas where a little pain is involved. And Y'all heard the term, no pain, no gain, right? Well, that's even with spiritual development. There are a lot of church people that are still baby Christians after 20 years because every time something rose up in a relationship or a place where they were called, they decided to go instead of grow. And, and they didn't, never grew up. S- some things, more knowledge does not mean you're ma- more mature. <laughs> right? The Bible says knowledge puffs up. It doesn't say knowledge grows you up. It said it puffs up. Right. So we, we found this out, that aging is not maturing. <laughs> right? You don't, you don't get mature by reason of time. No. Right. I know you're not going to like this, but you get mature by how much you endure. There are some things we're not supposed to run away from. We're supposed to endure them. I'm not talking about sickness or disease or fear or bondage or poverty. Christ suffered for us in those areas. And thank God we can resist those things and not have to accept them. But there is some suffering we're called to as Christians. It doesn't have anything to do with sickness or disease or all that. Now, if that comes your way, resist it. And even something the enemy throws your way, you can develop and grow strong through. Because it's, like, it's kind of like, had the princes of this world known, they would not have attacked you. His attack was meant to destroy you. But you just took faith and resisted it. And not only did you get delivered from the attack... You grew stronger in the process. But we have to realize that there's some suffering involved in the Christian life. And there's some suffering we're not supposed to run away from. Sickness and disease, resist that suffering. Jesus suffered for us in that area as our substitute. But there are some things he suffered for us as our example. He didn't suffer sickness and disease as our example. He didn't suffer poverty as our example. But he did suffer persecution. Right. He did suffer being tempted. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, it hurts to say no to temptation sometimes. And everything about you is crying out for whatever the temptation is saying. Right. The Bible says love suffers. Long. The Bible says love is not self-seeking. Right. How many know it hurts to not get your way? Huh? And these sufferings, those four that I just mentioned there, persecution, temptation, love, walking in love when 
People aren't walking in love towards you. Refusing to be selfish. Uh, here's a big one too. Saying, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Sometimes you're going to not want to do what the Lord wants you to do. You're not going to want to be where He wants you to be. And it's going to hurt. It hurt Jesus. It's going to hurt you. Here's a, good, here's a good message we'll teach sometime. Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness. You mean the Holy Ghost would lead you into a dry place? Well, He did the Lord. Sometimes these places are the very thing our character needs. And to keep running away from things, because you always want the, you know, the flowery route, is how you stay a baby. And no, we don't want to stay a baby. Especially if you're not a baby anymore. I mean, I mean <clears throat> it's so uncomfortable, you know, as a 20-year-old, to sit in those little desks that first graders sit in. It's just it doesn't fit, man. You need to get to the next desk. So turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Here, here we have the scripture that shows us what part of our life we're talking about when we're talking about growing up spiritually. 1 Thessalonians 5. Paul is actually praying a prayer here. And he says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, he basically says, I pray that the very God of peace will sanctify you at Thessalonica or Grand Junction, that God would sanctify you completely or entirely, wholly. And I pray to God that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So right here the Holy Spirit shows us that man is a three-part being. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You're not a soul. It's specifically speaking, your spirit has a soul. And you live in a physical body. Right. That's the three part of man. Man is a spirit. That inward man has a soul. And that inward man that has a soul lives in a body. This is so important because you need to know there's three parts to your life. Because... The greatest forces in life are spiritual. And most people's spirits are locked away. They have no recollection of that they're a spirit. They mind to think, they, I have an intellect, I have a body, I have a mind, I have a body, I have emotions, I have a body. There's a part of you that is very, very important, needs developed, and has the greatest forces in life to come forth from that place. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. The part we're talking about is the spirit part of man. Developing spiritually. We know how to develop the intellect. We know how to develop the body. But we need to know how to develop spiritually because that's the inward man. Now in 2 Corinthians 4.16, if you want, you can quickly turn there. It tells us here that there's an inward man and there's an outward man. You always say, Pastor, that's only two parts. I thought you said man was a three-part being. I did. The inward man has a soul. And that inward man that has a soul lives in a physical body. Do you see that, church? 2 Corinthians 4.16 The outward man, for, for this cause we faint not. But though our outward man, the body, is perishing, yet the inward man 
is renewed day by day. That inward man is the real you. And that's part that gets born again when you receive Jesus. Did you ever notice that the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. In other words, if any man's born again, receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God. All right. How many of you had the same nose after you were born again? So what part of you became new? Definitely not your body, right? Now, your body can be healed. Don't get me wrong, man. We can get healing power in our body. All right. So how many of you, when you got born again... All of a sudden, all your thoughts were pure. Everything you think is right. Everything you feel is right. Everything you choose is right. How many after you got born again, all that became new? No, you still got to make sure you think right. You still got to make sure you feel right. You still got to make sure your emotions don't get out of control. So that part of your life didn't become new, which is your soul. What part of you became a new creature in Christ? Old things are passed away. All things have become new. The inward man. We needed more than a band-aid. We needed to be made new. There's really, technically speaking, there's really no such thing as spiritual healing. Our spirits didn't need healing. Uh Uh-uh. They were too far gone. They needed to be annihilated and a new creature needed to to come on the scene. And that's why the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's not a healed creature. He's not a refurbished creature. He's a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things become new in the inner man. And all things are of God. So that's the part that needs to develop. So with that, go to Colossians 4. Actually, let me just pray this prayer. This is the prayer that uh, Epaphras prayed. I'm going to pray it for us right now. It's a spiritual development prayer. And then we can move into the rest of this. Father, we're asking that tonight, everyone that's in the sound of my voice, we're asking, Lord, that you would help every one of us to stand perfect, spiritually mature in all the will of God. We're asking, Lord, for spiritual development to continue to take place on the inside of us because we know there's some things you want to do for us. There's some places you want to lift us to. There's some ministry you want us to walk in. There's a lot of people you want us to reach, and we've got to grow. And so, Father, we say thank you for hearing and answering this prayer. We declare we are growing up Spiritually, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So let's go to 1 Peter 5. We looked at this last week, and I wanted to bring one phrase out, and then we're going to move on to something else. But in 1 Peter 5, I want you to notice verse 8 through 10. Everybody say, I'm growing up spiritually. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 10. The Bible says, be sober. Can I get an amen on that one, please? Okay, thank you. (laughs) Be sober, be vigilant. Talking to all believers, not just preachers. Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, before you read on, that's really good news because he can't just devour everybody. He has to look for openings. He has to look for weaknesses or openings or lack of knowledge. or He's got to look. He needs to, when he looks our way, he needs to go, whoa, they ain't one opening in their life at all. 
Go to the next house. Seeking whom he may devour. That means he can't devour everybody. So you and I need to find out who are the ones he can't devour and live like those people are supposed to live. That's really good news. But he's seeking whom he may devour. Now our part is resist him or anything of him steadfast in the faith. Faith has a lot to do with keeping the enemy off of your turf. Faith is a very important subject. It's not just a cool name for a church. It's what we live by. It's a very important word. You resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions or tests and trials are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So what you're going through is not unique. The enemy will say, oh, you are weird, man. You got some strange problems. Wow, nobody's had the problems you have. You need to go, yeah, my brethren all over the world are experiencing the same things. They're winning and I'm going to win too. Because I resist you, steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But now look at verse 10. But the God of all grace, who has called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you've suffered a while, he won't, God will make you perfect. That word's mature. Establish, strengthen, and settle you. There's going to be some suffering in our lives. Now, like I said... Don't accept suffering that Jesus suffered for you. Stand against that. Resist that. And even in that process, you'll develop some. But that's not... We don't suffer by accepting stuff the enemy's throwing away. We stand against that and say no. But the four primary areas we're going to have to stop running away from is what I want to talk to you about now just for a few minutes. Areas that we need to learn to endure if we're going to do this thing called Christianity right and if we're going to mature. So do this. Turn to Hebrews 2. And I'm going to go through this list kind of quick because there's a, something else we have to get to before the night's over. So everybody say this. Suffering, Suffering. being tempted. Being. What does that mean? That means temptation's going to come to us and it's going to hurt to say no. Right. You understand that, church? It's going to hurt to say no. But I tell you what, it's going to hurt a lot more if we keep saying yes right. to things we're supposed to say no to. Right. I like to put it this way. Choose your pain. No, pastor. I choose no pain. It's not a reality. Choose your pain. you got two choices. You ready? Choose your pain. Discipline. Or regret. Regret is way more painful than discipline. Hmm? Discipline yourself to walk in love. Discipline yourself to stay in faith. Discipline yourself to say no when you know you shouldn't say yes. Very important. It, it hurts. But oh my friend. You talk about growing up. So Hebrews 2.18. It's talking about Jesus. Our example. For in that Jesus himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to secure them that are tempted. In other words, the Lord knows how to win. Look to him, right? He knows how to get through temptation. Look to him. Pray. Stay close to him. Stay in the word. Because he knows how. You talk about, 
He was tempted in all points like as we, yet without sin. But it hurt the Lord to say no. And it's going to hurt us to say no. But this is a sign of spiritual development, and it has to happen in our lives. I'm going to say this. You're going to have to accept that there's some pain involved in life if you want to go anywhere in life. Right. A friend of ours who's in heaven now, Dave Dwell, he said that um, he, they did a poll on all these very wealthy people, and they said one of the number one common denominators in their answer to why, how did you get to where you're in such success? How, how come you're so successful? All these multimillionaires said that there was a common denominator in all their answers, and it was this. The reason we're successful today is because of our willingness to bear pain. Now that's a weird statement. Willingness to bear pain. It takes discipline to prosper in this world that's trying to push you down 24-7. So Jesus suffered being tempted. So this is one of those areas we're going to have to realize if we're going to develop spiritually, we've got to start saying no when we've been saying yes. Hmm? It hurts, but it's how you grow up. And there's a lot more waiting for you as you grow up than just the little thing that the enemy says you're going to miss out on. Right. <sighs> All right, so everybody say suffered, suffered. being tempted. Being now, 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Now, I'm going to go through these quick, so you're going to have to hurry up. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it says the first characteristic of the God kind of love is what? Love has amazing feelings. Love is this warm, ooey-gooey, awesome stuff. That is not what it said. Actually, there's no talk of feelings in this, these four verses when it defines the love of God that we're supposed to walk in. The very first, the very first characteristic of love is love suffers long. Interesting. Most people think love is a feeling. Wow, I love them. I love them so much. Oh, I love them so much. And they're, all, they're only looking to feel... You know, to be accurate, really, at times, and some of these... And we've all been there, and I'm sure I've been there. When you say you love somebody, ask yourself the question, am I saying I love them? Or am I saying I love what they do for me? Is it going out for you, or is it coming back to you? Love suffers long. So right here it says if we're going to grow. This here, if growing in love is growing spiritually. Right. Growing in faith is growing spiritually, which we're going to talk about in the last few minutes. But right here, if we're going to walk in love, <laughs> we're going to hurt at times. It's interesting to think that you could feel like slapping somebody. And because you don't, you're in a high level of love right then, right then. I mean, you can feel like punching somebody. And not punching them is high levels of love that you're walking in at that moment when you feel like... Why? Because you're restraining yourself. You're growing up. Isn't that interesting? You feel like like telling somebody off. You refrain your tongue from doing that, and you're hurting. It feels so good just to say this, just to say this. Mm-mm. No, love chooses to hurt right, in the name of love than just get something off your chest. And that's a sign of spiritual development, guys. And that's something that the Lord's dealing with us about as a church. Because where we're headed, we've got to get these things going. Number three. 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and just show you the 1 Corinthians 13.5. So just bounce to the next verse. This is still love, but it's another characteristics of love. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Verse 5, do you have verse 5? Does not behave itself unmannerly. Love seeks not her own. What's that called? That's called not getting your way. Right. <laughs> and, it's, and it's called hurting to not get your way. Can you see how growing in love is growing up spiritually? Now, everybody in the world, including every believer, has to deal with this thing called selfishness. Philippians chapter 2, amazing statement, verse 21. Paul said, all men seek their own. Everybody's got to deal with this thing called selfishness. All men seek their own and not the things which be Jesus Christ. So he's telling us right there that this tendency to be selfish is, is going to be hounding you until you see the Lord face to face. And you have to be on guard for it because, man, this whole world is bent on selfishness. You're an oddball if you're going to walk in love in this world. But you'll be a healed oddball. A delivered, victorious, prosperous. So let me show you the other one now. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy 3. Here's another area that we are going to have to suffer in. And it is that area that will help us to develop, to develop spiritually. This one, you don't, you know, none of these you really need to pray for or look for. They'll just come to your way. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have to pray for these opportunities. They'll, they'll be there. In 2 Timothy 3.12, did I say first or second? Second. 2 Timothy 3.12, Paul said, Yes, in all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. <laughs> it's different preaching a message like this because it's so quiet, you know. <laughs> Um, everybody say persecution. persecution. Now, this is not fun, but Jesus said there is tremendous rewards connected with this kind of suffering too. For so persecuted they the prophets. If we do Christianity right, not everybody's going to like us. Even some family members may not like you. They may even disown you. If you do Christianity, and that's not fun. That hurts. But it's a lot of where this development comes in of growing up spiritually. I wish I would have... I forgot to send my projectionist an email, so I'm just going to read these to you as quickly as I can, and then we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11. I was going to put this up on the screen, but I didn't get it here. I forgot to push send. (laughs) So, I guess it doesn't go if you don't push send. What's wrong with this technology? Come on. You can get an (laughs) can it read your thoughts I mean come on I'm going to read the Bible talks about babyhood Christianity the Bible talks about childhood Christianity and the Bible talks about adulthood or, or manhood when it comes to Christianity and there's similarities between physical growth and spiritual growth just um, 1 Peter 2, 2, it says, As newborn babies desire the sincere, sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Hebrews 5 talks about be, people being babes in Christ when they should have been teachers by now. 1 Corinthians 3. Actually, go to 1 Corinthians 3. I don't think I gave this to the projectors. I want you to notice verses 1 through 3, maybe through 6. 1 Corinthians 3. 
Paul's writing this to the church at Corinth. And this is so interesting to me because he's actually telling them that they were in a babyhood stage of Christianity and that they needed to grow up. But let me tell you something else that's interesting now. We have a Bible study on Sunday nights, and we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And the church at Corinth, they were operating in the gifts of the Spirit. They had manifestations of the Holy Spirit, so much so that Paul had to write and help kind of get things in order, because some of it was getting a little bit out of hand. But they had legitimate gifts of the Spirit in manifestation. And you know what he said to that church? He said, you're baby Christians. Wow. Having the gifts of the Spirit operating in your life doesn't mean you're a mature Christian. Because they had him. If anybody had the gifts of the Spirit and manifestation, it was the church at Corinth. And now notice what Paul said here. He said, I, brethren, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Everybody say spiritual. But as unto carnal, even as babies in Christ. Not physical babies, babies in Christ. He said, I wanted to say certain things to you. But I couldn't say these things because you're babies. I know sometimes we think, oh man, let's, we, we want to hear this and we want to hear that. God knows what we need to hear and he knows what we're ready for. It's interesting to think that it's not all up to the preacher what's being taught. It's up to the receiver too, what God can pour through the preacher. And Paul said, I, I could, I, he tried to, he said, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Now notice, being carnal is likened unto being a baby Christian. Carnal means body ruled. Your body is your boss. You feel like doing it, you do it. You don't feel like doing it, you don't do it. Right? Your emotions go this way, you go this way. Now, some people say, well, pastor, I'm just going to be real. If I feel like it, I'm going to say it. No, that's real, but it's real carnal. (laughs) Okay? You don't want to be real carnal. You don't want to be a body-ruled Christian. Now, there's times you've got to listen to your body and do certain things, diet and all this. But most of the time, much of the time, I should say, we are not supposed to be asking our bodies what to do, when to do it, how to do it, where to go. We need to be going to the Word. We need to be more mature and realize most of our life is not about doing what we feel like doing. It's about doing what we believe is right. Most of our life has to do with living by faith, which has very little to do with your feelings. This is a person growing up spiritually. Your body's no longer your boss. Next verse. He said, I fed you with milk, talking about certain scriptures and how he taught them. I fed you with milk and not with meat, for up till now you were not able to bear it, neither now are you able. Next verse. And this was their problem. This is, what, this is where they were And Paul said it was babyhood Christianity. For you are yet carnal or fleshy. For whereas there is among you envying. Hmm. Seeing some traits of a baby Christian here. Strife. Divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? Now one translation says, are you not carnal and walk as mere men? Interesting. And then he goes on and starts talking about how they were getting all these things. Well, I, I like this preacher. And somebody says, well, I don't know. I like this preacher better. And no, I like Paul. No, I want Apollos. No, I want so-and-so. What is that? 
Paul had to say, did, did, did I die for you? Did Apollos, was he crucified for you? No. We're just ministers by whom you believed. And he said, all this division and all this, I got my favorite preacher and my favorite over here. And, and the division was happening. And Paul said, it's carnality and I need to address this stuff. And he did. He hit it pretty hard. And he probably embarrassed some of them, but he had to tell them, listen, you guys are acting like babies. You need to grow up. Now, now, if you know somebody that needs to grow up, you might not want to say, grow up. I've done it before, and they aren't my friend anymore. <laughs> I still love them, but um, sometimes, you know, you just... We're all growing. Amen. Let's just say that. We're all growing. But you've you got to watch out about being a baby Christian. Just because you've been going to church for 10 years, just because you've been reading your Bible, doesn't mean you've endured things, and doesn't mean you've grown, it doesn't mean you've spiritually matured. Spiritual maturity, I believe, has just as much to do with using the Word as hearing the Word. Using it. Be, a do- be doers of the Word, not hearers only. So let me just read this list here. The Bible talks about babyhood Christianity... And some of the traits of a spiritual baby is babies need a lot of attention. And that's awesome if you're a baby. But when we got people who have been going to church for 10 or 20 years, still wanting the same amount of attention they got when they first came to the church, um, that's, that's, that's not good because now we don't have time to take care of the real babies because we still got to take care of the big babies. I mean... Pastor, you spent all kinds of time with me when I came to the church. I, mean, I used to do this and we do that. We do this. Well, yeah, I did. I did. Remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was great. But it's been 10 years. You should be spending time with other babies in the Lord and, and free me up so I can do the same for people who really need me. Yes, exactly. Got to watch out about getting offended at these things. It kind of shows where we're at. You know, in the Bible, I think it was... Um, when Isaac was weaned from mommy, you know, they celebrated. They rejoiced. They had a party. It was a very happy time. The kids growing up. But a lot of times in churches, when it's weaning day, it is not a happy time. It is not a pretty sight. And people have left churches over this stuff. I don't spend any more time with me. I don't matter. Well, it's it's weaning time. We're not supposed to keep spending the same amount of time with you. You need to start spending time with others like we've been spending time with you. It's called growing up. So babies need a lot of attention, spiritually speaking. Babies are easily frustrated. And that's great if you're a baby. Right? We just accept it. Changing diapers is okay. We accept that. The baby's worth it. What's not cool is when he still has to change diapers and they're 20 years old. Right. That's no laughing matter. No. That is not funny. Easily frustrated. Babies are easily distracted. <laughs> well, I could really meddle here. Babies are easily distracted. They're easily hurt. And in the spiritual setting, a lot of times, these things are what try to cause division. Anything that brings division in the body of Christ is not the Lord. Do you know that? Do you realize that? 
Babies are ignorant of poisonous food. I think I mentioned this last week, but there's been times I've been in people's houses and I've seen videos, I've seen books, and I thought, man, there is poison in that. And it was, a, it was stamped Christian, too. I mean, it was, it was religious. One thing about a baby is anything they can get their hand on, it's going in their mouth. Right. And I tell you here all the time, church, just because you find a book that's stamped religious doesn't mean it's fit for your spirit. I'm telling you, I mean, there are some things, if you're not careful in this area, you're going to wish you never would have read. Right. Because even years later, they can still mess with your faith. There's some things better just to stay away from. I mean, come on, we got enough sense usually to look at labels for things we're going to put in our bodies. How much more should we look at the labels of things we're going to put in our spirits? It will affect you. You know, there are babies. I heard of a baby that got a hold of some poisonous food, or some, some old food in the house, ate the food and died. Died. Because of what they put in their mouth. As a pastor, it's really a big deal for me. I, I don't want to be you know, pushy or anything, but I like to supervise the flock and help them out in these areas. And man, if you ever get a book or something you think you just want a little advice on, let me see it. I'll read the back of it and tell you. There's people, some people that give me some books I never read. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pastor, you need to check that. I, you know what? Even if it was a great book, I only have so much time in this life. I know who I'm called to. I know who I'm set under. I don't have time to read every good book in the world. I want to stay where I'm planted, glean from where I'm called, fulfill, my vision, fulfill a vision of God for my life. And go home and be with the Lord. I don't have time for every good book out there. You have to watch out. There's, and plus, there's some stuff out there that's poison. And then there's some stuff. I mean, you know, you may be reading a book and it's 98% great and there's a few sticks in there. Well, just have as much sense as an old cow. Eat the hay and leave the sticks, right? <laughs> and you'll be fine. But babies are ignorant of poisonous food uh, and babies are irritated easily. So we're talking about in a spiritual setting, like in church settings, ministry, things like that. Watch out about these things. And if you're a baby, that's great. But if you're supposed to be grown up, you might want to consider laying some things aside. Childhood stage of Christianity. And I've got like four scriptures here that talk about spiritual children. Next week we'll put it up on the screen. One of the things the scripture says about spiritual children, which is a step up from babyhood Christianity, is children are unsteady. You can't depend on them. They're tossed to and fro. The Bible says don't be children any longer. Tossed to and fro, carried about every wind of doctrine. Children are unsteady. They're unreliable. And that's okay to a degree because they're children. But children need to start thinking about becoming adults too. And outgrow some of these. Children are unreliable. Another thing about children is they're curious. The curiosity is like, just constantly asking questions. Mom, what about this? Mom, what about that? Why, Mom? Why? And then they answer, well, why that? Well, why? Why, Mom? Why? What about this? What about that? What about this? They just want to know everything, right? Why this? Why, 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 why? And that's okay if you're a child, but you got to grow out of that sometime. Because if you don't grow out of it, you'll find yourself entering into a thing called gossip when you're an adult, which is not a good thing at all. You want to watch out about gossip. Even on Facebook. I mean, it's like you start seeing something, you start really, man, where's, where's the, where's the uh, uh, spiritual adults? But we could go on there for a long time. They like to hear gossip. And ch- another trait of children is they talk a lot. Talkativeness. 
Children have not learned the value of silence. So real quick, I'm going to go to manhood now. There's like three or four scriptures to manhood Christianity. We're going to go to one of them in just a second. As you grow up in the Lord, you begin to esteem earthly things lightly. Spiritually mature people esteem it a small thing to be criticized or praised by other men. And another real powerful trait of a spiritual man or a spiritual woman is their ability to discern God's workings even when it looks like the circumstances aren't the best and things didn't really happen the way they should have happened. So turn to Hebrews 11 and I want to show you this in closing. Could you say this with me, guys? Growing in faith is growing up spiritually. Hebrews 11. I want to look at Moses here. Now I want you to look at verse 24. You ready for this? By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, he grew up, right? And I believe this is also talking about spiritually, and you'll see that in just a minute, because faith is a spiritual thing that he was growing in. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, when he grew up, he started refusing some stuff that almost everybody's running after. Interesting, as you grow up spiritually, how you're refusing and you're choosing is like flipped upside down, or right side up, I should say. Moses, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith, he forsook the world, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. This is full of traits of a spiritually mature man or woman. I want you to notice here, verse 24, By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. See, that the part when he came to years is like the thought. If, you, if this was to flow, it would have said, By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter when he grew up. Right. So what he's saying is by faith. So when he grew up, excuse me, when he grew in faith, he grew up. Do you see this? By faith, he grew up. Oh, i got to put it this way. When you grow up spiritually, you start learning how to walk by faith. And not always by what you feel. Not always by what your emotions are telling you. Because if he would have gone by what he felt, he would have said, Are you kidding me? I'm the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I could be Pharaoh. I could deliver the people of God this way. Man, this is prestige. This is fame. This is wealth. But he grew up and he realized earthly things are just not that important anymore. One of the traits of a spiritually mature person is you esteem earthly things lightly. This is how you can tell if you're growing up spiritually. And you know what? When things don't mean that much to us, God could add more of them to us. I said, when things of this world don't mean that much to us, 
He can add more of them to us. Because if they mean too much, He's risky in giving them to us. Now if we see them as tools, He could pour them on. But if we see it as something just benefiting ourselves, that's, He's not going to be able to do a whole lot until we grow up. Let me read this to you. A sign of spiritual maturity is making decisions based on what we believe over what we feel. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused what many church people today are foaming at the mouth to get. And they're going to find out later, I don't know what I was pursuing that for. When Moses matured, he started walking by faith. He started refusing certain things his soul wanted or his body wanted or others said he should do. He started making decisions based on the will of God for his life, not just what he wanted. I mean, come on, can you imagine? Think about this. Moses, when he came to years, refused to have a royal position in this world. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer. Eh, some spiritual growing up going on here. Well, who, what? Moses, you are crazy. It's exactly what immature people say to mature people a lot of times. You're crazy. Don't you know you can have this and you can have that? For how long? Right. couple clicks, then I go to heaven and get no rewards for eternity? I mean, really, you start thinking different when you grow up spiritually. And that's a good thing, you start thinking different. i got to close. Let me read this. Earth, esteeming earthly things lightly, refusing what everyone else says you're crazy for refusing, ability to see God at work, this is all a part of growing up spiritually. Let me just say this before I let you go. The part where it says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, he did all that by faith. Let me just say this, church. You want to know how to overcome habits? Nobody's interested in that? (laughs) Anyone want to know how to overcome habits? Huh? You want to know how to overcome habits? Grow up and stop doing it. I'm serious. It's called deliverance through growing up. And here's the area. You ready? You start believing God's way is way better than me falling for that again. Don't feel like it. Feels like I'm going to be doing without some fun stuff. But I believe God's way is the best way. If you really believe God's way is the best way, you'll go God's way. Are you following me? This is what we really need to work on. Sure, resist the lust. Sure, resist this. Sure, resist that. But what you really need to work on is why aren't you believing God's way is the best way? It's called a sin of omission. Not believing when you should have believed. And all these sins of omission lead to all these sins of commission because we've omitted the most important things, and we slipped in to the junk and the mess. Stand up, church.